Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. It's been a little while since I've covered a new topic. And while I do still have some parent questions in the queue, this week, as promised, I'm going to be covering the topic of birth order. Now, I find this kind of stuff fascinating. What influences people, brings out or enhances certain traits in us and who we become. One of these things is birth order. A lot more nuances than just being born first, second, last, middle, or multiple. So I'll get into some traits of each and some of the nuances as well. So here's something I never thought about, and I'll bet most others never had either until I learned about birth order. It's not just our children's birth order, but also our own place in the family structure that can have a big impact on the way we interact and parent each child, as well as how they interact with each other and us as parents. What is your birth order? Before you truly answer that, there are those variables and nuances I mentioned, and so I'll get into those. So you can think about those when you think about your birth order. But if your birth order was very typically a firstborn with a younger sibling or two following in whatever time gap behind you, and they were always getting into your stuff or trying to butt in and play with you and your friends, and you didn't like that, yes, that was me. If you aren't aware of this and making a conscious note of your experience as a firstborn, you are very likely to protect your firstborn and their desire for autonomy, space, 
and privacy, most likely to a fault, without taking nearly as much consideration about the younger siblings' feelings or needs or desires to feel included, especially if you experienced an upbringing like mine, and probably most others in this position, where these things weren't worked out. You were just expected to allow younger siblings to tag along whenever and however they wished. On the other side, if you were the younger or a younger sibling who regularly felt shunned or excluded by an older sibling, you may work harder or be more insistent that the older siblings always share and allow and make room for their younger sibling or siblings to be included. So you can see how our childhood experiences with our own birth order and our upbringing can really shape and shadow how we deal with our own children and how our experience can leave us with some blind spots to our children who don't share our birth order. So I strongly encourage everyone to think about their upbringing as it relates to birth order and the experiences you had that you would have liked to be different. And as I go through this episode, you can really start to think about what your birth order was and how these different nuances affected you or the other siblings in your family. Then you can be aware of them so that you don't overcompensate for your child who shares that birth order, but rather step back and think about the experience and making it, I hate to use the word fair, but fair and an experience where everyone benefits and there is some compromise. Now, birth order doesn't just affect those with siblings, as only children also have particular tendencies and ways of experiencing the world, too, that can be very helpful to be aware. This way, we can help our children navigate relationships, not just with us as parents, but with siblings, friends, teachers, as well as their life experiences. You can also see how this material overlaps and can contribute to or alleviate issues with sibling rivalry as well. So I think it's good to just cover that definition here for understanding. Rivalry is over parental attention and affection. Fighting is over things. Now to make this even more difficult, sometimes kids will fight about things when the thorn in their side is really over parental attention. But with a little reading between the lines, we can decipher these hidden messages. You can ask some questions to get to the bottom line of the real issue pretty quickly. Now, if a child says, he has more Pokemon cards than me, that's obviously over things. If a child says, you got to go with mom last time, now it's my turn, that's easily over parental attention. When we first brought our twins home and they were maybe two weeks old, our oldest, all of 21 months, looked at my husband and his baby brother on his lap pointed to his brother and said, baby, off, and pointed to the floor. He did not like the idea of sharing his papa's lap or having to wait his turn. Obviously, rivalry, the first rivalry we saw. So let's get into birth order and some general information, variables that can affect how we consider birth order, and some tendencies of each birth position. Only children, firstborns, second or middle children, lastborns, and finally, multiples. Now, I discussed this in the sibling rivalry material as well, but first, we need to know and understand that siblings compete in families. There is a limited amount of time and parental resources in the form of attention and help, so children will compete for this at times. So it is very important to be aware of it. 
Then it won't blindside you and you can be prepared to show empathy and be ready to listen to concerns when they crop up and help the kids work through them rather than dismissing them. Also, children will differentiate from each other in order to circumvent this issue from being so pronounced. Sibling relationships have almost as much impact on each of us as the parent-child relationship. So siblings have almost as much influence on each other as the parent has on the children. In most cases, siblings will spend more time together than with any other friend. This week is parent-teacher conference week at our kids' school. Now, our daughter, one of our twins, who is 20 months younger than the oldest and two grades behind, happened to get the same teacher for first grade that our older son had. And one of the first things she said when we walked in the room was, well, your daughter is certainly different than her big brother. I thought that was kind of funny because I'm thinking, of course she is. Now, she didn't mean this in any negative light at all. They're both delightful, amazing in their own ways, very good students, but... They definitely have very different strengths as well as areas of struggle. So it surprised me that her teacher was so surprised by their differences. In our family, I have also seen how all three of our children have affected each other's personalities and rubbed off on each other, contributed to each other. Just as an example, Chandler's effect on Taylor, his twin sister. He has always been super outgoing and a great communicator, very social, and would strike up a conversation with anyone, adult or child. When he was all of four years old, he sat down in the kitchen at my office with my colleague Alex and asked him all about his kids and family, their names, their ages, their hobbies. Taylor, on the other hand, was always very reserved up to that point. She even went through a bout of pretty strong separation anxiety at three at daycare drop-off. She had been going there for over six months. Both brothers went to the school with her, and yet she still went through a spell of strong separation anxiety. But the year that Chandler and Taylor were in TK together, she saw her brother saying hello to everyone he knew, introducing himself to new kids, chatting with everyone and sharing his latest stories, or asking questions about their newest toys, and soon she started to do that too. Soon she became Miss Social Butterfly, knowing everyone's names, saying hello to absolutely anyone she knew every time she saw them. At the end of the year, she got the lead role in the class play with a singing solo. At the beginning of the year, I never would have guessed that she would have taken on that role. So while kids and families do differentiate to eliminate competition and rivalry, they can also influence one another as well. So as you can see, this effect our kids have on each other has a lot of moving pieces and nuances to it. Now, when we come back after the break, I'll get to the common traits and tendencies of the categories for birth order and the nuances that can affect how or to what degree one falls into one category or another or a combination. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. 
gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look, and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T. P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now, let's get to the really interesting part of this topic, the variables that affect one's tendency to fall into common birth order patterns, some common tendencies, and areas that are ripe for rivalry. Now, the first variable is spacing. Children born five years or more apart are considered serial-only children. Why? Because they're so far apart that they don't tend to need to compete much for attention or for resources since their resources tend to not overlap. So for instance, a six-year-old or older is getting attention for working hard in school, is getting to do big kid things, while the infant sibling is needing help and encouragement with eating, sitting up, crawling, etc. They don't really cross over much, if at all. This was my family growing up. I was almost seven when my next sibling, a sister, was born. Now on the other end, children born within 16 to 18 months of each other tend to function more like multiples. And then of course, anything in between the 18 months to five years, you're gonna get a variation of that. They're going to tend to fall more into their common tendencies of firstborns, second or middleborns, lastborns, etc. The next variable is gender. While boys and girls can compete and experience rivalry with one another, the difference in gender creates enough unique experience to affect birth order. So consider a fourth born girl with three older brothers. She most likely will take on some or more attributes of a firstborn, depending. The parenting will come into play heavily because if the parents were really wanting a girl and finally got one, that will strongly affect these tendencies. But a fourth-born girl with three older sisters will very likely take the common attribute and tendencies of a last-born. 
Also keep in mind how culture can have an impact when one gender is valued higher than another. What this means in terms of birth order is that a firstborn daughter and a secondborn son can easily swap common attributes and tendencies in these instances. Even in Western cultures where we like to think of ourselves as so progressive, we still have a way to go. So just be cognizant and aware of subtle messages and cultural bias that we ourselves may be perpetuating and not even be aware. The next variable is parental birth order. And I mentioned this early on in the episode. As you now know, this is very important thing to keep in mind and just be aware of when it comes to birth order. Parents are more likely to connect and even side with the child who shares their birth order. The scenario I mentioned earlier is, are you the oldest with two younger siblings who constantly were into your stuff and messing things up? It wouldn't be uncommon for you to constantly work to protect your oldest. Were you the youngest child who always felt left out? The middle child who felt ignored? You can see how that can work, whatever your birth order. Now, what if the parents have different birth orders? You've got one parent who's the firstborn and the other parent who's the lastborn, and then they start to sort of stick up for that child. That can create a whole big mess when it comes to starting to take sides with kids. So really be aware of this, take some note of it. Not just your own birth order, but your spouse's or partner's birth order as well if you're in a two-parent household. Another variable is family size. The middle one of three versus the middle four of six looks much different, and of course, all of this is complicated depending on the genders of the other siblings and the spacing between them all. So all these different variables can give you all kinds of combinations. The last variable is shared versus non-shared environment. Children growing up in the same house have a shared environment. Now this is a really interesting thing to think about because parents assume their children's experiences are very similar since they're growing up in that very same environment. Same house, same parents, etc. They focus on these similarities far more than the differences, but research has found that the differences are far bigger and more impactful than the similarities. These differences in their experience is what is considered the non-shared environment. So for instance, it's very different to be a firstborn daughter rather than a lastborn son. Children can describe the feeling of the home very differently or describe an incident in a very different way. I'm sure we've all had that experience. Everyone's experience is valid, but can be way more different than alike. Have very different experiences of growing up in the same environment than we might expect. This can contribute strongly to the differences among siblings. Now, I've created a worksheet for parents to think through all the areas where their children have a shared versus a non-shared environment. So if you're interested in getting that worksheet, you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash birth dash order. Again, that's yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash birth dash order. Enter your email address and you will get this worksheet sent to you right away. Now, I did this worksheet for my own children and found it quite helpful. And actually, I have it as a sample for ideas that goes along with the worksheet so you can get some ideas to hopefully think more deeply and broadly about your own children's shared versus non-shared environments. Again, for that worksheet, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash birth dash order. Despite they're all only being 20 months apart, I thought about what are these differences for them? How could they affect them? For us, obviously our twins' experiences are even more similar than the oldest with either of the other two. We moved into a nicer, bigger house in the suburbs when our oldest was almost five and the twins were barely three. 
Where we lived before was not a family neighborhood, right off a busy street and near the freeway. I definitely felt more stressed living there. Now that could be one big difference and that stress probably did affect my children to some degree. Another one is our daughter has the biggest room of all of the kids. Now our oldest complains about this, that it's not fair. The reason is that when we moved here, he was having a lot of nightmares and we didn't want him to have to walk all the way down the hall to get us. So we put him in the room right next to us. But that explanation doesn't sit well with him. While we try really hard to separate the level of freedom and independence for the older one as he shows he can be responsible, it doesn't always happen. Many times his younger siblings get to experience more freedom earlier. So the oldest at times gets upset when that happens. And of course, sometimes one of the younger ones gets upset when they don't get to do what he does, like wear a watch when they can't even tell time. So those are just some examples. And in the worksheet that I created, I have a lot more examples of their shared versus non-shared experiences that I could come up with. Okay, so that's it for variables and birth order experiences. Now onto the birth order tendencies, attributes, and common rivalry concerns. Now I can tell I'm going to probably go over a bit, so I'll probably just have time for the firstborn. Ah, here we go, the firstborn getting all the attention again. But if there's going to be a worrier or a perfectionist, it tends to be the firstborn. Firstborns tend to be more determined and have more leadership qualities. They tend to be more adult-like, more organized, resourceful, self-reliant, goal-oriented, responsible, higher in perfectionistic tendencies. They resemble only children in many ways, depending on how long they were only children before the subsequent sibling, or in the case of multiples, siblings, were born. Now, like I mentioned before, five years or more apart has a big impact. So if the oldest was an only child for five years before the next sibling came along, it can be much more like an only child versus someone who was the only child for just two years. Chances are they won't even remember being an only child. So you can see how the length of time between siblings has a big impact. Now, like I mentioned, I was the only child for almost seven years, and I was not happy when my sister came home. Now, there are definitely ways to make this a better experience and build connection between siblings as new ones enter the family. So if you have a younger sibling on the way, check out the sibling rivalry class on how to introduce a new baby and, of course, all the other tips and tools for building strong relationships along with what not to do that can damage sibling relationships. And that class, as well as this one on birth order, can be found under the Modern Parenting tab on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Now, when it comes to parenting firstborns, parents tend to sweat the small details, and I'm pretty sure you can all relate to this. I know I did this with our firstborn. I was a perfectionistic parent for sure. Not only was he my first, but I waited so long to get married and then have kids that I had wanted forever. By the time he was born, I was 38, so I put a lot of stress on myself to be this perfect mom. Now, with firstborns, parents also tend to celebrate every milestone. They also pay more attention to their firstborns just in general, their antics, their play, their manners, etc. They also tend to give more undivided time, basically because we have it with the firstborn, whereas once subsequent children are born, we generally need to split our time. But firstborns tend to get more face time, language, and reading time. 
Here in California, they have these radio commercials about first five California, about the first five years being these magical years as far as development and how important it is to invest our time in our children in these first five years. They have this campaign called Talk, Read, Sing about talking, reading, and singing to our young kids as much as possible throughout the day because it builds their language and other cognitive skills. Now, of course, our firstborns just naturally tend to get more of this because we have more time to devote solely to them when they are the only child at that time. That's why firstborns tend to have earlier language milestones than their younger siblings. Now, our oldest was a very early talker. Oh, and here's a typical first versus later born story too. My kids always ask about first words. Our oldest's first word was food, and his second word was more. Then one of the younger two will invariably ask, what was my first word? And I have to say, I don't know. I don't remember their first words. I feel so bad about that, but I just don't. You know, by the time they started to talk around a year old, their older brother was not even three years old yet. I had a two-year-old and two one-year-olds. I just don't remember what their first words were. I was barely getting through the days and usually not showering. So anyway, our oldest started talking at 10 months, three word phrases by 12 months and full sentences by 18 months, etc. A big, big talker. Our daughter was also very early and her twin brother Chandler also early, especially for a second born boy in a household with three kids, but he trailed his sister slightly, who is also a big talker. Now, I remember being in the car and the oldest and Taylor we're just talking up a storm. And finally Chandler yells, I wanna talk. It's amazing he talked so early given that it's hard to get a word in edgewise between the other two. And that often happens in families. You've got two older kids or three older kids. They're all talking. When the other one starts to get to the age where they're gonna start talking, they a lot of times don't bother because everyone else is talking so much they can't get a word in anyway and feel like they're not going to get heard. So. Something else to watch out for if you're in one of those families. Okay, so this episode has gone very long already, probably partially because I got off on a few stories, but I didn't even get to share the rivalry concerns for the firstborns, let alone anything for second, middle, and lastborns, multiples, or only children. So if you would like to learn more about that or about how to help siblings build stronger relationships, the do's and don'ts for this, and minimizing sibling rivalry, both of these classes can be found on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the Modern Parenting tab. We also have the worksheet for shared versus non-shared environment available on the podcast page for this episode at yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash birth dash order. If you have a question about birth order, sibling rivalry, or any other parenting question you would like answered, please send them to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.